podcast will be live in five, four, three, two, one. Podcast activated. Hello and good morning. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. My name is Neil and I'm joined again by the lovely Teodora. Good morning. So this week we're going to talk a little bit about health and beauty, as well as meanderings about body image and the like. So the way this podcast works is that we're going to start with a pet peeve and then see where it takes us. So our pet peeve and annoyance this week was all about buying clothes online, selecting the right size and then finding out that when it arrives that it clearly doesn't fit. Then there's the whole rigmarole of having to take it back or go to the post office. But then we talk about body image in general and the pressure that women and men face to look good and feel good. Then later in the show, we discussed the strong not skinny hashtag and how fixation to achieve a certain body shape can actually be a dangerous pursuit. Though I'd like to add that we're not advocating that you should eat badly or don't get fit. Far from it. We actually go on to talk about some of the things that we do to try and stay in shape or should do because, to be honest, we've kind of fallen off the wagon. And finally, we talk a little bit about a relatively unknown condition called fibromyalgia and how that's impacted Tio's life. Okay, so let's get on with the show. But before we do, I just quickly want to thank everyone who has listened to the first episode so far and provided some really lovely feedback and comments. Thank you, and please keep them coming. You can send us your comments, suggestions, and topics for discussion in future episodes at goodmoaningpodcast at gmail.com or via Twitter at goodmoaninguk. We're also now on iTunes and on SoundCloud, and we're going to make sure that we're on all the other podcast apps as well. Okay, so without further ado, let's get started. I think we need our jingle. So let's just get straight into it, really. So first of all, talking about like body image and things, you want to dress nice, you want to wear the right clothes and stuff. And you were telling me yesterday about uh, the coat that you bought. It doesn't fit you, which is really annoying. It's too big. So you measured yourself, didn't you? Mm -hmm. You know, you've got all your measurements, everything right. And you did it online, didn't you? That's right. Put it all in, found the right size bought it it came and it was too big massive huge yeah i was very very upset about this because because i am aware of the fact that sizes are arbitrary in different places so a 12 isn't a 12 in every brand so I always make sure that i look at their sizing charts and even looking at their sizing charts and actually you know using my measurements in inches i still got a coat that was just huge and I don't understand how that functions. Like, how does it work? Yeah, I don't quite get UK sizes or, or American and European sizes. Because, like, men's, it's pretty pretty straightforward. You know, it's, it's in inches, it's 38, 34, 36. You know, it's very clear kind of what you're, you're getting. But for women, you can have these sort of arbitrary numbers, size 12, size 14, it could be different for different shops, I don't get. like why? Yeah, they are. So you can have in one shop a size 12 is 38 inches and in another shop a size 12 is 40 inches and in another shop a size 12 is 42 inches. Why, why do they do that? Why can't it just be what it actually is? And also, why is it always in twos, like 10, 12, 14? Like, why can't it just be like size... 10, 11, 12, or, 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 you know, size zero. What the fuck does that mean? Like, I don't <laughs> get that one. Like, size zero, size nothing. Like, well, yeah, so, so basically, we have different sizing systems. In Europe, actually, 
is the only place where you get a standardized system that is based on your inches. Okay, so that what there's actual yeah, so the numbers you, reflect you, precisely. So when you go to Europe, you'd be looking at like 38, 40, 42. Yeah. Whereas in the US, what they use is a system called vanity sizing, and the reason why it's called vanity sizing is because the sizes are tiny. Like the official right. number is it's, so it's, tiny right. that just to give one example, so Marilyn Monroe, yeah, famously has this myth around her, which says that she was really, really um, chubby. Oh, and she wasn't chubby. She was, you know, but she was actually normal. skinny, and this is what people don't understand. She wasn't even normal. She's way tinier than the average oh, woman is, is. Oh, right. Okay. So because at the time when she was around in the 1950s, she was a size 12, 14 officially. But by yeah. inches, she, had, she was an extreme hourglass. So she had a tiny waist of 28 inches, which most women would, I don't know, would just be physically impossible for them. And a bust of 36 and 36 hips. That 36 is tiny. So in the UK, if, let's say, we can rely on sizes, that would be about size 6 or 8, which is absolutely tiny. Like most women, I think, in the UK, the average size is 14 or 16, just to give you an idea. Right. And in the US, by the US, today's US standards of sizing, again, if you can assume that they're more or less consistent... She would be a size two or a size four, which is absolutely tiny. So she would be only slightly bigger than like the average supermodel is. But because she was in the sizing at the time was much bigger. Right. Then we now have this myth that she was quite curvy, but it's just not true. I mean, she was curvy, but only because she had a tiny waist, not because she actually was, you know, chunky in terms of weight. And this is what has happened over time is that... The sizes in numbers have gone down. Right. But actually we're getting bigger. So it seems like it's more about the perception rather than the reality. So the sizes go down to make think that the clothes are smaller, but in reality they actually are making them bigger, which is probably why then they don't actually put proper measurements into the numbering system. Well, that's just silly. It's awful because essentially I can show you a size 12 top that I bought... Five years ago, right? Yeah. And if you put it next to a size 12 top now, it will look tiny. But I haven't changed weight. No. But the new size 12s are just so much bigger. So essentially, I can go to the shop now, and even though I haven't lost any weight from five years ago, I'll be able to fit into a smaller size than I would have five years ago. I'll go in and I'll be like, oh, now I'm a 10. Woohoo. It's a mind trick to get you to buy smaller clothes to make you feel better yes. um, and so it's a trick they do that with like shirts uh, t-shirts and stuff like you have large extra large and stuff but generally speaking they're, they're pretty much the standard shape and the standard size you don't have much variation i mean some xl when you're like well yeah that's massive but it, it i think it's less common for men's clothes than it is for women's clothes that kind of variation between sizes and like i say for men you know if you're getting trousers it's like 34 length 36 waist and or whatever your size you know i'm quite a tall man so i have to so i really struggle actually to find stuff that fits me anyway not because there's 
the sizes are confusing it's because they just don't really do my size and they generally think that tall men are also really fat so and it's always in stock as well is always a problem you know they don't actually have in stock what i need so i have to get it online which is a bit of a faff which i don't mind it's just it's annoying when it doesn't actually fit and i suppose that's that's the problem isn't it you if you do it online you you can't see it you can't try it on so when it comes and it doesn't fit you just then have to either trek back into town to the shop that you bought it from or send it back and all that postage and all that kind of crap really which is really annoying so i don't know i don't know what the solution is to that problem tailors tailors as you get back into tailoring i had it once and you know which side do you dress on so basically which side does your penis lead uh, so they can <laughs> measure your inside leg and it's just the most uncomfortablest thing oh god so that, you wouldn't have that as a lady yeah so like that was a bit like oh, which side do you dress it's just such a crazy crazy thing oh god so i've learned something new I didn't did you know not know that. have you not heard that before no which side do you dress <laughs> which side does your willy lean to Left or right. That's fantastic. So they don't, obviously. Yeah. I do think, though, that there is this um, pressure uh, for women to, to look, look a certain way, uh, to dress a certain way. And I don't think you get that as a man, really, so much. You know, there was that controversy last year with the, the beach body ready and all that kind of stuff. And, mm. and, and I think they took it down, didn't they, in the end? Because yes. it's just like... Well, actually, that lady was, it's just an unattainable goal for a majority of normal women in this country. And, you know, it's only like the 1% that will look that beach body ready. And and it doesn't make any sense. You just being on the beach means that your body is ready for the beach. You know, it, <laughs> exactly. it, it didn't make any <laughs> Take any, your body to the take, beach. <laughs> take your body to the beach, then your body is now ready for the beach. Ideally, after you've put at least a factor 50. <laughs> Well, for me, God, yeah. I'm, uh... Some protection, way more important than being in a tiny bikini. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because I burn really easily. Like, we went on holiday and we went to um, Fortaventura in the Canary Islands, which is absolutely amazing, actually, place. It looks really deserted island in a sense, doesn't it? It's like rocky and it's volcanic. And it looks like you're in the Sahara Desert when you're like traveling to your resort. And yeah, because it's obviously close to the equator, you need to like factor 50. I, I was like putting on factor, what was it? Factor 50. Yeah. And I was still burning with factor 50. And that was the highest one that we had on it actually. But I'm like really pale. I'm a, a tall, ginger haired, pale skin kind of guy. So I just, I avoid the sun generally. So it's not really my climate, but. Um... Yes, but the sun rays there were really, really bad. Oh, there yeah, was the... too much UVA light. The UV, yeah. Yeah. So even, even I started wearing factor 50 on my face because I was worried about that. And I wore 30 everywhere else. And generally, I don't burn so easily. But even I felt like the sun was just too strong. I was sitting in the shade and still burning. You know, it was... It was bad. But anyway, going back to the, the, the pressure then for, for women to a certain way, what do you think? I mean, Tia, you're a, you're a lady. I'm not a lady. So do you feel like there's this pressure as a, as a woman in today's society to look a certain way, to dress a certain way? or? Oh, God, absolutely, yes. So for the last few days, I've been calculating how much does it cost me every month to make myself pretty. Oh, really? Have you, you actually yeah, sat honestly, down and got the spreadsheet? Yeah, so I started looking at, you know, how much does it cost me to get my nails done? I've only recently got into that, having my hair dyed at the hairdresser. And most of my life, I've actually been quite a low-maintenance person. But lately, I've got very much into kind of beauty and style and stuff like that. 
And it's actually super expensive. And of oh, course, that, that is obviously, these are things that are attainable for everybody. So one of the great things about beauty and style actually is that if you have the money, it doesn't matter how skinny you are. You can have your hair done and, you know, you can wear pretty makeup and get your nails done nicely. And the same with clothes. Like if you know what suits you. Yeah, you can kind are... of dress um, around some of the or. Area, problem areas absolutely in inverted exactly that, exactly that but about. of course there is aside from from obviously an emphasis on on kind of grooming and and style there's still a lot of stigma about being a woman who isn't skinny or slim so even you know i mean i felt this pressure for a very long time and i am i should say that i'm a healthy weight okay just this is very important for me to be a healthy weight but like most people I tend towards the t- top of the BMI and for me the ideal weight which is this random like number in the middle of the BMI chart which is basically like 22 or less yeah has always been very hard to reach even when I was younger and you know losing weight was easier and so yeah it's very frustrating when you feel like you know you need to be fat free and it's like well for lots of people having a fat free body is just it's just impossible. Just well, being normal is hard work. Yeah, yeah. Maintaining, being average is hard maintaining work. Maintaining the shit body that I've got is, yeah, is difficult. Exactly. This is it, this is it. And is, I mean, you can relate to this as well. But as well as a woman, some kind, sometimes I want to scream because I'm like, being average, I work very hard to be average. <laughs> oh, dear. Like, you're not it's average. true. But it's like, you know, okay, I don't have a superwoman body or supermodel body or superwoman body, yeah, both. But but it's like just being, you know, making sure you're a healthy weight. You know, I I try not to completely mm. eat naughty. I when I'm healthy and you know not poorly for whatever reason, I exercise at least four days a week, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I work relatively hard to kind of be on the good side of average. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I got myself into. Like if talking about BMI and all that kind of thing, mm. like uh, last year I lost uh, a bit of weight, as you as you probably know. Woo-hoo. Um, though I'm slowly pulling it back on. Uh, but but last year, sort of beginning of last year, I was like getting into like the obese zone of the BMI in- index, and you know I was like, shit, I really need to kind of do something about this. So like I decided to go on these like exercises and try and lose some weight and stuff. So I eventually lost two and a half stone, which was really cool. But it, it was hard work, you know, and you're cutting out a lot of lot of the crap. Uh, and where I work, you know, there's always like cake sales for charity and all yes. these kind of things. And it's so easy to eat naughty stuff. And especially if you work late, you don't want to get home and cook a, a big meal or anything. You just want convenience, don't you? Mm-hmm. So you just throw something easy in the oven and that may or may not be the most healthiest meal and and that's kind of these little habits that that develop and then then eventually like oh i'm fat and i just find that actually getting fit is so um it's so so asymmetrical so like it it requires more effort and it's harder because you're heavier you're weaker and then eventually it gets easier it's not like a skill where you can you know, you slowly develop it and then advance as you go along. It's sort of like the intensity and the workouts are hard and they get easier because you get lighter, you get fitter, not because of your skill level. I mean, the form and obviously you can improve your form and stuff, but, but it's such a, like, like a wall straight away that that's why a lot of people just give up and, and don't get into those kind of healthy habits. And I do think that there's loads of, loads of pressure 
kind of to get that kind of appearance like i say more so for women than for men like there's the the dad bod and all that kind of thing that's get celebrated having a bit of a beer belly is, is celebrated in a, in a certain way in society but there's no mum bod or, or anything like that yeah and if you just use the two of us as an example let's let's assume that we are quite representative of the average person i just talked about my struggle to reach the so-called ideal weight whereas for you what forced you to think about losing weight and exercising wasn't you trying to be at your ideal weight. It was because you were in danger of becoming a beast. Yeah, it was not like external right? pressure to lose weight. Like yes, no one yeah. really commented, oh, you look fat or yeah. not that they would anyway. But you know but what I mean? I've had people commenting on me being fat, even though I'm a really? healthy BMI. Yeah. The moment you you are no longer like skinny, people start saying that you are fat as a woman. At least that's been my experience. As a, what, other women saying this other women yeah calling you fat yeah well, that's ridiculous it is and it's very offensive and it's very hurtful you're not fat like no i'm not objectively i'm a healthy weight but because i'm not skinny therefore i'm fat which is actually really a very dangerous mentality it is dangerous yeah definitely because i mean there is such a thing as fat like when you be- start to become unhealthily overweight and obese and then there are all sorts of health problems related to yeah. it and this is one of the reasons why i wanted to to lose that mm. weight because you know i was going into the obese zone and obviously that has uh, massive implications on on your life you know you know you're more likely to have strokes and heart attacks and st- i mean i'm relatively young still you know i'm in, in my 30s and, and healthy, stuff but i don't want to get into a point where i'm in my 40s and i'm mm. and it becomes a massive issue so i wanted to kind of for me to to feel better to to, to look better and and to get into because i had loads of clothes in that, that i've put away that i don't wear anymore because i was getting too fat for them and so it, would be, it was more of a mental kind of it would be nice to get back into this kind of stuff when i was in my 20s you know some jeans that i've got and i'm saying that, i'm thinking oh i'm talking about that like that's what women talk about oh but actually you know men still have those kind of thoughts and you know why let's talk about it let's not be like it's oh, a, not absolutely. a woman thing to, we all have vanity yeah, things we all have vanity we all have body image kind yeah. of self-image and, and all that kind of thing so let's talk about it. It's not fine. I'm a, it's very a, important. Know. Yeah. You are listening to the Good Morning Podcast with Neil Burton and Teodora Todorova. Yeah, so everyone has body image issues, but I think that what we need to try and talk about as a society is a way in which we encourage people to think about their health and well-being and not trying to fit into unattainable stereotypes that don't take into account the fact that um, people come in different shapes, in different sizes, in different abilities and have different lifestyles as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's good to get into good habits and stuff. But I read Mm. also recently about the the strong not skinny hashtag mm. you know it's that sort of propagates on the on instagram and all those social mm. media because obviously now they're saying like skinny is bad and skinny is bad i suppose unless you're naturally skinny you know there's people out there who don't put weight on you know good they for them. still need to watch what they eat i know at least one person who has had a heart attack because he thought he could eat whatever he wanted to because he never put on weight Right, so like his cholesterol levels were really high. Exactly, yeah, so yeah. that itself is actually a dangerous body type, despite the fact that we have a society which 
overvalues that image. And I think like, so skinny is bad, but they're saying now strong is better. Strong, not skinny. But actually, the article was saying how really difficult that is to get that that kind of body. Um, and actually quite dangerous as well, because to get that six pack as a woman, you know, requires having a fat level, which is quite low, like less than 20% or something to get, because I think naturally women have more fat on their bodies mm-hmm. for reproductive reasons. or Absolutely. Or, or, Especially around the abdomen, like yeah. low abdomen always has naturally a layer of fat to protect essentially your ovaries. Oh, mm-hmm. is that true? Okay. Uh, yeah, that's, that's what I learned in biology is that, that is a protective layer for your womb, essentially. Right. Okay. Kind of. So naturally, that's why women put on weight there. Right, and the, the sort of belly weight. Yeah. But so actually, to get to the point when you know it's you can see the abs and stuff, which is great. I mean, it looks great. Don't get me wrong. You know, mm. and, and it's really great for women to 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 do that. And I'm not knocking people that work really hard oh, yeah. to get that body image. I'm just, and what I'm saying is that there is this kind of ideal now one of these ideals because there's all these little fad diets of and all this course, stuff that yeah. sort of goes on the internet and you know young people and women they look at it and you know they compare themselves against the the ideal and now it seems like the ideal is to get in to get ripped essentially which is really hard to do i think not just for women for men for anybody you know it's it's not well as i have said this privately i think it's particularly dangerous actually for young people in their formative years because for me, this kind of unattainable images essentially encourage potentially the development of eating disorders and serious body issues. Mm. And it's different, you know, when you're my age and like, you have all these pressure to be skinny, but really you could resist it and be like, oh, fuck it. I'm going to still eat my cake and, and drink a couple of glasses of wine. But when you're 13, 14 and, you know, you're just soaking up all these messages it's so easy, especially if you are a vulnerable person. Obviously, eating disorders are mental illnesses and not everybody is likely to develop those mental illnesses or has the vulnerability to develop those mental illnesses. But if you are a young person that does have that vulnerability, having these very unhealthy social images can actually really get you into a very dark and very dangerous place. Mm. And again, for this strong and skinny thing, as you just pointed out, it says strong, not skinny, but the only way you can look that strong is if you're skinny in the first place. Yeah, it's a, you need both. Because if you, you could be strong and then have a belly fat so you can't see your abs or, or anything like that. I'm the proof of that. I've been I've been in the gym, so I have really good muscles. I mean, when I do work out, I, I bulk up very quickly. So this myth that women don't get muscles is... Oh, no, true. I'm not saying that women do. Of course they do. But you would never see a six pack. Yeah. You just see my massive arms. You know, I get really good, strong, defined arms and legs. But because of the way my body is built, I tend to carry my weight around my middle. So for all I know, I have like an eight pack. Yeah. But you can't see it. <laughs> you just can't see it. Yeah. So, so in order strong. to get that, you'd have to get to a fat level, which is quite low. Because you don't, mm-hmm. like you say, you, your fat's on your middle. You don't yeah. really get fat on your arms and legs. No. So you're concentrated in, in your belly. So if you strip that away, then you're you're probably dangerously low, which is probably really unhealthy. Yeah, potentially, potentially. Because it would be interesting for me that I've never, even when I was super, super skinny, I still had a little bit of belly fat. So I wouldn't even even know. I'll probably, in someone, like for someone who is built like me, just to give us an example, I can hypothesize that it's very likely that I would probably need to become underweight in order to completely lose 
mm. any kind of abdominal fat. So again, it doesn't take into account different body builds, the way people's fat is distributed. And so for a lot of people, that not only would be unattainable, but in order to attain it, you'd have to go to to unhealthy places. Yeah. I, I hate all these little fad kind of phrases, strong, not skinny kind of, because it, it's kind of narcissistic, to be, to be honest, to sort of say like all these photos of these beautiful women with really great bodies and, and people looking at it and going, well, I could go to the gym every day and still not get that. Um, mm. And... And that can be quite depressive, I think. And it's it's the focus more on the appearance rather than actually living a healthy lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So if you're healthy, you know, you're working out anyway. I'm not saying getting in shape is not a positive thing or and you shouldn't do it. I'm just saying we shouldn't be always looking at the next kind of uh, unattainable body image goal that everyone should get, aim for because not everyone can get there. And yeah, work out, exercise, eat healthily and, you know, Getting a good BMI is a good indicator of general health, and that's great. Do that, but don't kind of get sucked into the kind of mentality of I want to look like this, so I will do work out really, really hard, uh, not eat enough, have really low calories, and then feel shit when I don't reach those those goals. Because I, you know, who knows like what kind of regimes that they do to get into that shape. A lot of these are like models, aren't they? You know. Mm. They're not just average kind of people who um, have, they're, they're, you know, they're like very lucky, genetically speaking, probably. And yeah, they, they probably do put the effort in. They probably do, do put the work in and they eat the right stuff. And But if it's if it's their job to look that way on Instagram... They have the time. As they well. have the time to do it. And when you have to fit all these other stuff in around exercise, you want to do it in a way that's that fits your life and 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 it's life affirming as well and which is why i actually really love the exercise that i do and i highly recommend it to everyone and that includes to men women children young people middle-aged people older people is this amazing woman who quite frankly i want her to adopt me and be my mom <laughs> called leslie sanson and she is she's american although she has a French name, but I'm assuming she has some French ancestry. And she does this amazing power walking, which is basically aerobic exercise. And you've done it with me. Yeah, it's... It's, it's hard work. It's, yeah, it's just cardio, isn't it? It's, yeah. um So it, essentially, you just walk on the spot, don't you, for... Low impact. Low cardio. impact. Yeah, she does it in miles, doesn't she? So... Uh, you can do like a five mile walk with her and she's really positive and and what's really good about that is that she has people around her and doing the workouts of all body shapes and ages uh, which is really good I think actually because it, it is it's low impact so anyone can do it and you can do it in your living room which is quite good you know it's not just like you have to go anywhere to do it you just put a dvd on and, and, and off you go you know and there's youtube as well isn't there yeah so you can find some of her videos on youtube you can also follow her on facebook you can buy the DVDs on Amazon, which is where I've got my DVDs from. And it's fantastic because her kind of efforts is that scientifically, and this is real science, you need to do at least 20 minutes of, of cardio exercise that gets your heart pumping every day, right? Mm. So you can start off as little as the one mile exercise, which takes about 15 to 20 minutes to do. Or if you have a bit more time, you can do several miles, which take about an hour, just slightly over an hour. And all you need is a pair of trainers, not even particularly expensive trainers, just a pair of trainers to absorb the shock. 
and it's it's really great it's really positive you break a swear you have fun because she has a really lovely personality doesn't yeah, she yeah she's uh, she has this way of talking like walk 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 walk, 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 walk. walk together walk together <laughs> um, she's really funny and it is not just walking on the spot i should say because no, there is lots of no. like lunges and squats and yeah. kicks and high knees etc so you do work out lots of muscle groups that you would not work out if you just went for an ordinary walk around the park yeah that's true yeah it's not just walking i mean i did i do a lot of walking anyway so walking's really good for me i i did 123 days where i did about eight miles amazing seven or eight miles a day uh, and that was hard actually I was towards so the end yeah because I, <laughs> well i was getting close to like 50 so i thought well okay i get to 50 and i thought well i'll get to 100 and then i just kept going until one day i just made a mistake and didn't walk enough in one day. Also, though, I should say that you were getting terrible blisters. Terrible blisters on my feet, yeah. yeah. You were truly dedicated to to quite a masochistic task. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a bit of a challenge that I did uh, earlier in the year. But you also did some great exercise as well when you when you lost all your weight. Yeah, really well, positive. to lose the weight that I did, it was... I, I did high impact interval training so we're talking about leslie sanson being low impact uh, and it's really good the hit exercises so high impact interval training and there's loads of stuff online on youtube and things and essentially if you didn't know what it is it's uh, short bursts of really high intensity workouts so you're doing like burpees and squats and lunges and running on the spot and all those kind of exercises and you do it in short bursts of like 30 seconds as much as you can do and then you have a 10 second rest and you go into the next exercise and you do that in cycles and it's really hard like your heart is just like pumping out of your chest and you're sweating loads and it was really intense but I did I did lose a lot of weight doing it but it's quite hard on your body. Like, if you've got like bad knees, it can be quite hard. And burpees are just like, it's like being in a like in a boot camp. That that worked for me. But I'm and not you saying really looked fantastic. Yeah, it was working. But now it's like I've fallen off the wagon a little bit. It's hard to kind of get back into it because I know kind of how hard it is. Yeah. That it's that first one is going to be quite a mental challenge more mm. so than a physical one to get the motivation to be able to do it um but i do need to get back into that because that worked for me and i think for you uh you didn't really like that you tried it with me one one time and you yeah, didn't like I've, it i've done it a few times in the gym as well when i used to go to the gym but for me um and you know going back to abilities and disabilities i have fibromyalgia so i find that my body doesn't recover that quickly from mm. intense exercise. So sometimes really high impact exercise can actually have the reverse effect of what you want exercise to do for you, Yeah, which is it injures me. Like, I mean, it, well, tr yeah. it triggers all my pa pain points. We should talk about that in another podcast. We I think, I think it's an interesting yeah. subject, really. Um, um, I don't know if you want to explain what fibromyalgia is to people who don't know what that um, is very okay, quickly. Okay, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how to explain it very quickly. But basically, it's a condition where... I think most of the medical profession now does agree it's a disability, although there are obviously some sceptics out there. But either way, there is sadly, tragically, no cure. But it's a kind of a condition of, of widespread pain throughout your body. Yeah, it's like a nerve. Is it a nerve pain? Well, it's, it's ba thing? Yeah, so it's, it's, it's not just your muscles that are hurting a lot and get easily fatigued and stuff like that. It's also your nerve 
nerves essentially your nerve centers are constantly misfiring or or you know if you do exercise your muscle end up contracting and not releasing properly the way normal persons would and so it's it's yeah it's a condition that you know the best you can manage arguably it's also debilitating over time although i'm i'm sincerely hoping that with the right kind of management which is one I of the reasons why you still still do all the exercise and stuff yes. because actually they say that actually that helps in a way but the right exercise the right exercise and i can say this yeah. quite concretely that because i kind of keep a note of how my body reacts and when i was doing very high impact exercise i was ending up constantly ill for quite long periods of time until i discovered lesley and low impact cardio has been the best thing that's ever happened to me because when your body warms up means your you know your muscles relax like you, they like i mean first they have to work but then afterwards because they're warm they relax more naturally. Yeah, the cool down is the cool down. The yeah. cool down is like more natural, and so keeps you more uh, more flexible and and kind of stronger in the right way. And also because it's low impact, I don't get so fatigued that I can't do it the next day. So I can literally exercise. I usually exercise two days on, one days off, and then I'm usually yeah. lazy on the weekend. So I exercise about four days a week. And with Leslie, I can easily do 45 minutes to an hour, four days a week. Oh, yeah. And when you're doing like an hour and a half of, of doing a five mile walk and all the other yeah. exercises in those DVDs, it's not easy. We're not saying that that's not as good as like doing HIIT exercises. What I like about HIIT, though, is mm. that it, it is it is shorter. You know, it's finding the time to do it in the day as well is also a consideration because mm. sometimes you just don't have enough time to do it or if you work long hours or you have to travel and finding the time to exercise can be quite problematic i find that that the hit stuff is better for me because it was you know eight minutes long you and and that was it you know you have a five minute warm warm up and cool down so that's an extra 10 minutes it's like 20 minutes and that's it tick you've done your exercise for the day and you can get on and do other stuff and you can sit on your ass and watch telly but for me for doing an hour and a half i don't know it, it, the, that's not a big motivator for, if i know it's going to take ages and, and especially get going to the gym and if i know i have to travel all that way to get to the gym and travel home and especially now it's getting dark it, it doesn't work for me but the hit stuff and the leslie are really great for us because you can do them at home you don't have to go oh, yes. to a specific place to do them you can put a dvd do it in your living room or you can do it do it in your hallway or whatever um, and that's where I kind of did all my kind of hit stuff. But I do need to get back into it. I think that's something I do need to do. Um, and me too, actually. I was poorly a couple of weeks ago. And then I basically, well, first I was poorly for a week. And then I was like, oh, I need another week to recover. And then now it's three weeks later and I still haven't yeah. gone back to my exercises. So I need to get on it. Yeah, same here. It needs to go back to that uh, five second rule from the, the first mm, episode. So five, need to, four, three, two, one. Just do it. Yeah. Uh, we do need to do that. I think we're running out of time, Tio. Well, we've done very well. We've covered all the bases. All the bases. Well, please get in touch. Uh, you can contact us again at goodmoningpodcast at gmail.com as well as on Twitter at goodmoninguk. But I really want you to get in touch with us, leave us reviews because uh, it helps the show and let us know what you think and send us in your irritations and pet peeves and topics that you might want us to discuss and talk about and we'll, we'll talk about them here on the show. Otherwise, I'd like to just uh, just say thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you in the next one. Thank you and good morning. Good morning. Bye-bye. Good morning.